0: Following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee.
1: of Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Munozzi, joined by Tyler Palmitz here, and we've got another football-filled field filled episode for you today. We're going to talk about everything that we saw last week, preview some games for this coming week, and talk to Nolensville coach Paul Derrick ahead of his team's massive game against Page that may well decide the league title in that region. But first, I want to remind everybody that this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans
2: drive drunk. Tyler, are you ready to do this? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready, man. I can't believe there's only three regular season games left in this season. I know, week eight, it's flying by here, and we've got some some real fall weather, too, to, to do it. But uh,
1: let's go ahead and bring in Coach Paul Derrick, his team riding high on a 7-0 start. Paul, thanks for taking some time with us today.
0: Yeah, thank you guys for having me.
1: You bet. Of course, it's a big week for your team, hosting Paige in that uh, Region 6-5A big-time showdown there, and uh, this is the game everybody's had circled for several weeks now. Um, Paul, I just wh- what's the atmosphere like around, around the locker room, around, around the practice field? I mean, is everybody pretty fired up for this one?
0: <laughs> There's no question about it, man. Uh, like you said, I think a lot of people had this game circled. Um, you know, luckily, Paige and, and, and both you know, did what they were supposed to do. And it's going to be a big game Friday night. You know, uh, everybody in, around is is excited. Uh, you can just tell it's a little, little different buzz at practice, a little different energy. So uh, it ought to, be, ought to be good on Friday night.
2: Hey, Paul, this is Tyler. Uh, what do you remember about that, about last year's playoff game with Paige? You know, the ending was so chaotic with the, uh, you know, Paige taking an intentional safety and then the, there was a clock debate. You guys end up with a chance to win. Was it just one of those wacky endings where everyone's head kind of just has to be on a swivel?
0: Yeah, I don't know if I've ever been a part of a game quite like that, but it was definitely a unique ending. And we had a chance there at the end to get one last one last throw at the end zone. But, but I remember about that game was you know I thought we played you know well enough to win at times, and we just didn't do things you know at times to finish off plays or finish off the, the end of the game. Um, you know, and then obviously Pages was a really good football team and went on the run they did. So uh, I think um, I think I just remember that you know we were close in that game, and 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 maybe need to do some things better if, if we going to ever you know get over the hump looking at
1: this year's team you know you guys are putting up 41 points per game uh or they're about uh with a talented veteran group of skill players that i'm sure a lot of other programs would love to have this kind of experience at quarterback you've got kobe walton running back there's samson johnson at receiver there's chance fitzgerald and dylan northcutt and some others what do you make of the way that those guys are maximizing their senior year and uh, playing really well right now
0: yeah I think they just came in extremely motivated you know I think last year we, we were uh, kind of a young football team and even you know a lot of the juniors that played for us it was their first time under the Friday night lights and gaining that playing experience and then having to go through the experience of, of, of struggling at time last year's I think uh, the combination of those two things is has really helped our football team you know the, the playing experience for obvious reasons and then you know um, going through those struggles that kind of kind of motivated our team to, to get better this off season and and to kind of not want to have those same kind of feelings this year. So uh, those guys were all playing really well. Uh, they all did a great job for us last year. And, you know, obviously having them all back, they, they've continued to flourish in each of their roles.
2: And, and Paul, some pe- something people uh, maybe outside the program may not realize, that they're familiar with how good the offense has been, but uh, your team has 11 interceptions at this point in the year, with, uh, and your cornerbacks Derek Burroughs and Tarek Washington have – I have nine between them. What, what are those guys doing well? And, and maybe what's the secondary as a whole doing
0: well this year? I think they're playing well together. I think they're, they're trusting one another uh, to be where they're supposed to be. You know, sometimes when you're back there, you may try to do too much at times if you're not, not sure about the guy next to you, if he's going to be where he's supposed to be. So I think, I think trust is a big thing for those four guys. And then, you know, playing with great eye discipline and playing with good technique. Um, and then, you know, obviously, when the ball's in the air and you get an opportunity, you got to maximize – those opportunities and make those plays and we've been able to do that thus far. So uh, they, that, that's that been big for us. And then I think, you know, we've been able to, to, to move the quarterback off his spot at times with, with some pressures or maybe with our, with our front, our front four, our down three. Um, so I think it's just been a combination of things, but um, you know, when, when you, when you got 11 interceptions, it's not just the defensive backs, there's gotta be some, some D line pressure or, or, or edge pressure, middle pressure, whatever it is. So, you know, the combination of those two things, I think, has really been um, helpful.
1: Paul, you guys were two and five at this same point last year, heading into that page game against a pretty similar schedule. I realize every team has personnel changes from year to year, uh, but is there anything that surprised you about this 7-0 and start, or is this exactly where you guys were, were hoping or expecting to be?
0: Uh, I don't know if expected is the right word. I was definitely hopeful. Uh, I think coming into this year that that we all knew um, that would be, would have a talented roster and have a lot of lot of guys that could um you know have the potential to play at the next level uh but like I tell our team you know that the best teams are not always the most talented um it has to has to be um a, a true team and the closest teams those are those are the ones that have always been um that I've been around have been, have been the most special and I just felt if we could you know be as talented as we were and if we could go combine that and come together as a team that we'd have a chance to be to be pretty good and here we are at seven and oh and each week we we've, we've We've uh, gotten gotten better, and then uh, that Columbia week uh, went over them. I just felt like that was the first time you could kind of feel it, that, that things were starting to gel and, and guys were starting to, to play for one another and, and be excited for one another and encourage one another when, when things weren't going well. So, um, you know, I don't know if expected to be 7-0 was, was, the, right, was the right word, but I'm um, definitely hopeful and definitely thought we had the potential to do it.
2: Yeah, you just look at a, pro, a team's trajectory here with Nolansville, that the two and five start and then, uh, you know, kind of working its way up to playing the state runner up uh, very closely. Uh, the trajectory has been there, um, Paul. But when you look at Page and and how its quarterback Colin Hurt has really kept that offense soaring. How do you how do you think based on what you've watched? How's this page group maybe different from the one last year?
0: I think they're a little more balanced. Uh, I think, you know, Jake McNamara was obviously a a, a very unique uh, type of player, uh, extremely good quarterback. And, uh, you know, the herd kids coming in and and, and he's a little bit different, but he can still throw it. He can still extend plays with his legs uh, when he drops back. But, you know, I think they're – I think they they may be a little more physical this year on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think their front seven on defense is really really good, and I think their offensive line is 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 really really good and and, and really really nasty in the run game. So I think the line of scrimmage is, is an area that 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 I think they may be better in. Uh, they can still pitch and catch it. Um, seems like their receivers <laughs> catch everything that's thrown to them, and then you know you got to be mindful of the quarterback. He can similar to Jake uh, last year when he when he pulls it down, he he does a good job of keeping his eyes down the field. So I think. I think Paige, you know, it, it, they're going to kind of do what they do, but they're very good at it. And um, if anything, I think maybe they're just a little more run-oriented because of the physicality.
1: You've been at Nolansville from the beginning there in 2016, first as an assistant to Will Hester, and a couple of years later as the head coach. And in that time, Nolansville's put together five playoff appearances, a couple of semifinal bursts. Um, you've got a special season brewing now. And, of course, I was at that homecoming game a couple of weeks ago, and the crowd was incredible. I think I parked about a mile away just because there were so many people there. Uh, Paul, what do you just make of the early success that you guys have had, not only on the field, but just kind of building up the program as a whole there at Nolensville?
0: Oh, I think we got good kids, number one. Um, we've got kids that work hard. We've got kids that, that want to be successful and that are willing to do the things that you have to do to be successful. And then uh, I think, number two, I have a phenomenal uh, assistant coaching staff, uh, all, all very knowledgeable all uh you know gr- great men uh number one and, and really good football coaches and they really care about kids and they they really believe in building relationships and, and investing in kids and and uh then you know we got great support from our administration and in our community you know nolan's was a special place it still has a kind of a small town feel to it when when you when you go to the game on friday night and you know i think just a combination of those things is really you know put us in a good position to have success early on and then once you start to have success, you kind of start to create some standards and expectations. And, and that kind of makes you strive um, each year to, to, to meet, meet or exceed those, those expectations. So I think a combination of things, but, but mainly, you know, we got good kids, we got good support and, and we got really good coaches.
2: Yeah. Community support, obviously is so vital to a, a high school football program. And Nolansville is one of the fastest growing communities around, uh, Paul, that the enrollment at last check in the fall enrollment report this year was fourteen hundred and fifty four students. Um, as things kind of progress this way, do you think you guys have to think about what you can do to prepare for a potential move to Class Six A?
0: I, I, I think that's coming um, at some point. Uh, you know, the later the better. Five uh, A's been been good so far. Um, I think uh, you know having Paige in our region has been been special. And I kind of we don't really. Have haven't had like a, a Williamson County rival kind of like every other school in the County does. So having them and, and being in five, a with them and having them in the, in the same region has been, has been fun. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, as we continue to grow, um, you know, I, I think even maybe at some point, you know, even page or, or, or maybe every school except Fairview might end up being 6 A. eight. I'm not sure what Centennial's numbers are. I think, I think they're going to be close, but um, yeah, I think, we may make it this time and stay in 5A, but maybe next go around uh we might, might make make that jump.
1: There's certainly a big 5A battle coming this week with Nolansville and Paige. Should be a great game. And Paul, best of luck in that game. And we appreciate you taking some time uh out of your busy schedule this week to to be with us here.
0: Yeah, and I really appreciate you guys having us on and um looking forward to Friday night and uh go nights.
1: All right, and that has been Nolansville Coach Paul Derrick. Uh, good stuff there from coach Derek his team like we said is having a great season 7-0 and and Paige is 7-0 too so somebody's going to have to lose and um but they very well could see each other again at some point in the playoffs like they did last year yeah and
2: great point by Paul that that region's balanced it's worked out well that's what you want
1: absolutely so we're going to take a quick break and then come back with some takeaways from week seven
0: I'm good. I thought it was good.
1: After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal.
2: It was no big deal.
0: Hey, I can hold my liquor.
1: I thought I could hold my liquor. We are back to talk about some of the observations we had last week and just some overall thoughts, too, here on football season as we've passed the midway point. We are now in October, and this is when the games get really good at playoff implications all over the place. Tyler, uh, give me some thoughts. What what are some things that maybe stood out to you last week and here as we're heading into Week 8 as well?
2: Yeah, uh, well, I was at Cane Ridge Smyrna, which you mentioned the big region matchups, and that was certainly one that was going to have – you know, kind of one domino in that region uh, with Cane Ridge winning. But I, going back to Smyrna, uh, Arion Carter, the Smyrna linebacker, whose recruitment has really just uh, erupted here in the last couple months. Uh, offers from Alabama, Tennessee, Southern Cal uh, have all come in for him. Alabama and Tennessee were in to see him last week, and I that was my first time to see him, and I would, I could not have been more impressed. I mean, he's the real deal uh numbers aside i mean i know you want to have good numbers uh and he's a factor on defense but he just as far as looking the part i mean he looks every bit of a, an sec player he's just so well put together and the way he runs downhill it's like you just want to ask the question like how did it take this long for him to to break onto the scene and i guess he just wasn't a huge didn't go to a whole lot of the camps and the camps really are a big yeah. deal but i just that my takeaway yeah. from that was uh w- he is a real player we're going to hear that name in the future uh at some lucky school I mean he's committed to Memphis but I just I don't th- those power five schools are gonna make their hardest run at him so really impressed with him um you know kind of outside of my coverage realm but I was really I thought it was really cool that Clarksville picked up a, a 56-36 win over Hendersonville a big upset in Sumner County Clarksville is now second in that region but program wise you know that's a big win uh, for that program you love to see signature wins come out um you know, of a program on a against a really good, another really good program. Last thing, I, what about the games last week? Uh, Henry County 29 28 in overtime at Springfield, uh, FRA 39 38 at CPA, Brentwood 24 23 over Indy. So many good games. And Billy, I know you're around. Tell, <laughs> the Father Ryan Knox Catholic game. I mean, you know, we, that's too far for us to go, but a, a one point finish there, uh, obviously not in favor of your alma mater. No. But what happened? Well, it was crazy. I told Russell late Friday night, uh, Father Ryan takes the lead with 29 seconds left uh, by six. They fumbled the extra point and uh, they squib kick. Obviously, there's always controversy. Do you kick it deep? Do you squib it? And Father Ryan ended up squibbing it. Uh, I think Knox Catholic got it at the 37 yard line and they completed a few big pass plays and scored with one second left. And uh, there's a lot of coverage out there. Mike Wilson, I think, uh, who covers Tennessee for the Knoxville News Sentinel, he was there, had a great video uh, of of that catch, and it was just a great thrown catch. I mean, you got to give give credit to Knox Catholic, but great game between uh, a couple of Irish teams, Catholic Irish teams. Yeah, well, you I just you love to see it, man. I mean, uh, that's what these games are all about. Sometimes the best games are kind of right in the heart of the region schedule. So that's that's a lot of fun. I just wish I had to, uh, had, had been at one of them. So that, that was
1: kind of what I saw, Russell. What about you? Yeah, you always hope that you can be at one of those one-point games. It doesn't always work out that way. And that was the voice of our producer, Billy Derrick, for anybody that uh, was wondering <laughs> who that voice from above was. But that's Billy. And, uh, you know, Tyler, I think a big piece of news that I saw late in the night um, when when I was in our – you know, editing stories and looking at some stuff in our system, I saw that Chris Parson did not play for Ravenwood. And sure enough, he's injured, got a leg injury. He's out for an undisclosed amount of time. And we already had a top quarterback out in Kenny Minchie at Pope Prep with dealing with a shoulder injury. He's now missed three games. His team has not been the same without him at all. Uh, Ravenwood was was still fortunate to get a pretty big win over Summit. Uh, They ran the ball a lot with Cartua Chapman at quarterback and Carter Pace at running back. But you've got to wonder if, I hope we have not seen the last of these guys in their high school uniforms. I really hope that we have, and these are short-term injuries and they can get back. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure the conversations with their parents and the trainers, the coaches have got to be You're weighing wanting to win now for your high school team, which is, you know, a noble, a noble thing, but these guys have big futures ahead of them. And you just wonder, is there a risk of re-injury? Um, you know, is it worth it to try to trot back out there for some late season games, maybe some playoff games when you've got as bright of a future as, as those guys have and uh, Pope prep and Ravenwood are actually supposed to play on October 21st. So that would be a really fun quarterback matchup if both were there, but unfortunately not sure if that's going to be able to happen.
2: Yeah, it's too, I think caution's number, gotta be the number one word there, Russell, you, you hit it on the head.
1: Yeah, definitely. Looking at some undefeated teams, there are still plenty of them out there. Tyler, I don't know about you, but looking at Lipscomb Academy and Oakland's schedule, it seems like they're pretty safe bets to run the table. Uh, to go 10-0 and 0 in the regular season at least. But NBA and East Nashville, I think, have a chance to do it as well. NBA might have a little bit taller of a task. They've still got to beat Innsworth and then Baylor the next two weeks. So that will not be easy, but they have been rolling right along, as we're going to talk about in our picks in just a moment. And East Nashville has a couple of, uh, couple of region games, and then Riverdale, who has struggled – uh quite a bit in recent weeks so if they can handle those three teams they're looking at a 10-0 season after going six and four last year so that's a, a huge step up for east nashville if, if that were to happen
2: yeah and then like at that point if east nashville is undefeated going in 3 A playoffs i don't know why you can't just call them the favorite at that point i mean uh obviously alcoa has really ruled that that classification but um why not? If you're looking at results, that's what we're supposed well, to look at. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not really about what you've done in the last 13 to 16 years. It's kind of about the team you've got now. So uh, I think that'd be fair.
1: And they've seen Alcoa once now last year, so that maybe maybe any jitters of seeing a, a just a powerhouse team like that are going to be worn off if they get a chance again. So hope that that uh, can, can maybe happen there in the, the Blue Cross Bowl. But we'll see. Still, still a long way to go. And uh, last one on the way out here, Tyler – Looks like Overton's probably the only challenger to Cane Ridge in that region, 6-6-A. Cane Ridge looking really good. Um, they've handled pretty much all their region opponents, Smyrna and um, McGavick as well. So if they can if they can get a win against Overton on Thursday, that's going to basically give them the league title. But I'm going to say don't count out Overton. They've won five games in a row. Great turnaround now in the second year under Coach Arsente Broom, a longtime veteran in, in the Metro Schools coaching ranks and uh, of course overton had some lean years before his arrival last season but they are re-energized over there i was at the overton win over McGavick last friday great crowd homecoming um, just seems like they're pretty fired up about their football over there at overton so we'll see if they can uh keep it rolling here with a big one against canridge that's a big one that's a big one all right we're going to come back with our picks in just a moment but first another quick break
0: It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. It was just a few cocktails at happy hour. you <laughs> 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 really good
2: drive. There aren't any cops around. I didn't think there were any cops around.
1: I drink and drive all the time. Sir. Sir, you've been
0: in a serious crash. I need you to hang out, okay? What are
1: Let's talk week eight games of the week. Uh, I have struggled in my picks the last couple of weeks, Tyler. I think six and four, two weeks in a row. And my lead in the main street prep staff wide pick is slipping. I think you're catching up a little bit. Some other guys are catching up. So hoping to get on track here. Uh, let's start it off with that Overton at Cambridge game. We were just talking about a few moments ago. That's a big one to probably decide the league title there. And like I mentioned, Overton, they're, they're looking good. They have won five in a row with quarterback Ryder Hagen. Uh, leading the way. They've got a running back in Javon Edmondson that can, uh, that can finish games like he did last week with nearly 250 yards, most of which came in the second half. And uh, on the outside, we've got a big threat in Memphis commitment Tyson Edwards. So this is going to be uh, a test for Cane Ridge, but I think just program-wise of what we've kind of seen for both of them, Cane Ridge has got it together this year and they're rolling right now. So it was a tight game last year. I think this, this is another game that will probably be decided in the fourth quarter, but I'm going to go Cane Ridge 35 over 10, 27.
2: Yeah, I got a real similar score. I've got Cane Ridge 34, Overton 28. I I just think, you know, I haven't seen Overton, um, so I can't really speak to where they're at as far as the uh, kind of the crescendo of their season. But I've seen Cane Ridge four times, and I I think last week, haven't seen I think they are starting to peak at the right time defensively, and Eddie Woods is really impressed with quarterback uh, Siobhan Abdullah and kind of his maturity where that's gone. Uh, They've got Reggie Goodlow back at running back, so I like the Ravens.
1: Yeah, it's Good, good group of skill position players there. Next up, how about another metro team here taking on Marshall County? It's Pearl Cone with the with the home game there on Thursday. We haven't heard much from the Firebirds in a while, but they've kind of been quietly just destroying some some of their opponents. Uh, you know, they took losses early in the season to to NBA and Cambridge, but since then it's been it's been a clean slate for them.
2: Yeah, good little chance to sort of after you play a couple larger schools to just sort of back build and you know go back and. You just don't you get a good gauge of where your team's at, but you really do kind of you don't have as much time to maybe work when you're playing those big schools. I mean, you just you could probably teach a lot more during a game, maybe against somebody else. Maybe Tony Bernetti would think otherwise. We'd have to ask him. But Pearl Cohn uh, scored 77 on Glencliff last week. I know I know Glencliff's down, but you know it's almost 80 points. Sure, looks like the offense is kind of coming around a little bit at Pearl. I, I like Pearl to win this one. twenty-eight-24, But I think it's going to be a really good game
1: yeah i'm with you and uh i've got pearl cone taking it 24 to 10 but certainly um it's nice to have that one at home and not have an hour plus bus ride down to marshall county so i think that'll Absolutely. help them and uh, we will give them the inside track there to that league title
2: yeah how- uh, oh well, let me look at page Nolansville here Let's next russell um i mean obviously we just you know we covered a lot of it uh, with, with coach Derek, but kobe walton as good as he's playing Nolansville's in high gear i think the point was kind of made that uh when you th- no one's almost beat the state runner up last year at the right time in the postseason so they've just really been climbing at this great rate ever since then and really ever since that two and five start last season uh something just tells me page is going to win a close game here though because uh they have a knack for doing that for the last couple of years i think colin herd's get- getting it done uh big comeback last week against columbia uh, i like page 35 will 32 well, I'm going to go against history
1: a little bit here. Nolensville has never beaten Page in their four or five meetings that they've had, including the two big ones last year that came down to the wire. This would be a great time to break that streak, and I think uh, I think it's going to be a close one, like you said. But I've got Nolensville taking this one thirty-two to thirty-one. I think it'll come down to an extra point or two-point co- conversion at some point late in the game. And so we're uh, both
2: betting on chaos. It looks yes, like here should yeah. be. Uh,
1: <laughs> Hopefully a good one for the,
2: the TV crowd that's, that's going to be there and watching. Well, it's shaping up like that. Sometimes we beat that drum all week and then it changes. But yeah, I yeah. really think these are two pretty evenly matched teams. I thought Paul made a great point about staying in 5A, whether or not they it, – it, that 5A looks pretty balanced, at least that region, which mm-hmm. is what you want to see because obviously we have some classifications that are a little upside down. Yeah, once you get in a 6A, it is an absolute
1: gauntlet to get to the Blue Cross Bowl, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Speaking of a gauntlet, how about division a big Division II AAA game here? NBA at Innsworth, obviously a great rivalry, being that Innsworth was pretty much born out of NBA's existence, uh, kind of the new kid on the block now. It's been 20 years, but still. Uh, this has been a good good rivalry game for quite a while. Um, and, you know, Innsworth, they've had a great season. I believe only one loss to Baylor. Uh, but this is probably the toughest defense they've played all year. So I'll be interested to see how they hold up against that. Uh, NBA front and secondary and Marcel Reed and everything else that that the Big Red can throw at you, but uh, with all that said, I, I like NBA thirty-five to twenty-one. I would not be surprised though if this one ends up being a little closer than we're expecting.
2: Okay, I I've got NBA 45-24. twenty-four. I've been impressed with them. I don't think I'll pick against them the rest of the year unless something uh happen, You know, unless we're de- looking at injuries or complete uh, some personnel changes there. But it's just a super complete team. I like Claiborne Richards to have a big night. The receiver, uh, he and Marcel Reed have such a good chemistry. I think those two are going to put up big numbers this week uh, and and the big red kind of continue to roll on here.
1: It seems like NBA, Lipscomb, Oakland, they've all been good for some wins in our pick em. So So uh, we're going back to the well there and hopefully it'll deliver for us. Right, but right. Anyways, we appreciate everybody joining us today. I want to remind everyone once again that this podcast is sponsored by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. And be sure to stay tuned to MainStreetPreps.com all week. We're going to have state golf coverage. We're going to have football coverage. Volleyball and soccer are getting their postseason started, so a lot to keep up with. And be sure to visit the site. And uh, we'll see you back here next time on Main Street Preps this week.